The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning, everybody out there in Radio Land. Thank you for joining us on Financial Focus. I am said Tyler Simonis, and that guy over there, he is Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. As always, if you would like to be part of the program, you have a question or a comment, call us, 877-670-7117, or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Good morning, Mr. Finelli. How goes it? Good morning. I am sitting on the other end of our recording studio uh, because Josh has pink eye, and it is Really, really disgusting. I should make him wear sunglasses, but it, it, Josh's family all, unfortunately, Josh's poor little kids got pink eye, and then, of course, Josh had to get pink eye. But nobody in the office has gotten pink eye. So, I'm going to gift it to your family. First. You better not. You better not. Because if you do, I'm going to, well, we can talk about that later. All right, let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. Uh, U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were s traded slightly lower. Uh, you know, not, I mean, wasn't really even a meaningful trade lower, but they did trade lower. Uh, international developed markets, so think Europe uh, and places like Japan, were up a half a percent. The emerging markets really sold off relatively sharply, relatively sharply. Uh, they were down 2% last week, so the emerging markets had a rough week. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks traded up a half a percent. Uh, in the bond market, we didn't see much of a move in interest rates. Really, the, the market is obviously not trading with much volume or trading with much enthusiasm because they're just waiting for the next time Jerome Pyle does something. But Well, um, the, the VIX, the volatility gauge, back to the lows. Yeah, I hate quantitative the VIX. The VIX is the dumbest measure of anything because it, t it doesn't tell you anything about the future, even though people talk about it like it does. Uh, so in the bond market, we saw the aggregate bond index a quarter of a percent lower, um, and so yields were a little bit higher. Uh, one year the yield on a one-year treasury is 4.78. The yield on a 10-year treasury is 3.57 percent. Uh, so yields, um, you know, are, are off their highs, um, and and so it's it's interesting to see what will happen uh, after the next Fed meeting, or I guess as we get further along in earnings season. Uh, gold traded down a half a percent at about two thousand bucks an ounce, and oil well, sold off sharply. Oil was down essentially six percent at seventy seven dollars seventy five cents a barrel, but we obviously saw a huge move higher. In oil uh, over the last three weeks, and so some of that they gave that some of that up. So last week we got the Federal Reserve's beige book, uh, which is essentially an anecdotal uh, sort of, I guess, where they go and ask uh, in in their different districts. So there's 12 Fed districts around the country, um, and they gather economic conditions in all of those districts. Uh, in the report, businesses. Uh, said that uh, banks across the country have tightened their lending standards, obviously after the Silicon Valley Bank collapse and uh, the problems in some of the other regional banks. Uh, lending has tightened. Uh, the other reason lending is tightened, and I don't think it's talked about enough, is the amount of deposits that have left banks, obviously leave them with less, less ability uh, to do loans, or they're going to be uh, m more scrupulous when they're doing those loans. So uh, that is doing some of the Fed's work for them, um, whether it was intended or unintended. Uh, I, the one thing I will say um, is that when you look at uh, the commercial real estate market is really starting to have problems and a lot of their debt is coming due. And so it's going to get progressively worse as we move along here, especially with higher rates, because they're not going to be able to refinance it. Uh, a lot of the holders of that 
commercial real estate that like 40% of it are small and regional banks. And so I, I don't think we've seen the end of the failures of small and regional banks. Uh, it's just sort of a, it's a ticking time bomb because that commercial real estate market is in rough shape, especially when you look at big cities like LA, Portland, um, you know, when you look downtown San Francisco, uh, it's very hard. Uh, you know, if you own some of those giant office spaces in downtown LA, it's like, what, why would nobody wants to go work down there? All relative to deposits, though, as long as deposits are sticky, which they've shown a little bit more firmness, then banks can tough it out and extend and pretend. But, well, but with higher, I mean, there, there is a problem in the commercial real estate market. Oh, unquestionably. So, small yeah. regional banks. Uh, and and if that happens, then we get more tightening in the banking, you know, and, you know, it's that it's that sort of spiral that can be, become a problem. Um, in the Beige Report, consumer spending, manufacturing and construction activity were all flat or down a bit this spring. Uh, while the bright spot was tourism, obviously, when you look at people are spending money to travel still around the world, even in Europe, uh, that is certainly the case, as I have had to buy tickets uh, in, in, in your Europe this summer. Uh, <laughs> it's not what it used to be price-wise right after COVID. Um, and the, the other thing that was interesting is later in the week, the Fed sent out a bunch of their governors uh, to spread their message of higher for longer. Uh, the funny thing is I, the market still doesn't believe them, even though the Fed, I mean, I've never seen this much effort by the Federal Reserve and the Fed governors of the different banks out there trying to sped, spread the message. And the, what is funny is the harder they work to do it, the more the market doesn't believe them. <laughs> market is keen to the job owning game at this point, I think. Uh, so, uh, Ernie, well, the other, the other, obviously, the bright spot is the labor market continues to re remain strong, and so that's going to be very interesting. We've never had a recession uh, with a really strong labor market, and so that will be interesting. Well, and to the see. surprise, the upside on both both manufacturing and services PMI this week, I and mean, then services expanding at a pretty good clip, and manufacturing also showing expansion for the first time in a couple months as well. So I think uh, 90 companies in the S&P 500 have reported earnings so so far. So Josh, how does how does earnings season look so far? It's been a lukewarm earnings season uh, on the surprise side. Um, you're seeing a above average beat rate, uh, which shouldn't be surprising because, you know, lower the bar and then jump over it, of course, from the perspective of management. But uh, earnings actually showing, you know, another year, another quarter on quarter decline, S&P 500 earnings down uh, about 4.7 percent. Where you're seeing earnings growth, of course, is on consumer discretionaries, industrials and energy and banks also surprised to the upside. Uh, but, you know, materials, healthcare, and tech all dramatically uh, Un, underperforming relative to last quarter. So uh, revenue side, growth about about 2%. So the top line's still expanding. Uh, but of course, because of those higher input costs, higher labor costs, et cetera, we're you know, in the midst of what we called last quarter as an earnings recession, which is a couple quarters in a row of declining earnings. But all in all, slightly better than expectation so far, uh, but obviously the big heavyweights to come. Yeah, I mean, we've got some big names reporting next week. I, w I would say that the reason we talk about earnings, especially around earnings season, and the reason, you know, the big channels focus on it is that uh, the ultimate driver of any business's valuation is, is earnings, free cash flow, all the stuff that matters. And so, you know, it, it's funny how much um, – is pay, the other the sort of noisy stuff that doesn't matter is paid attention to when ultimately the thing that matters the most and the ultimate value of a company's uh, you know what they're worth is is earnings whether it's northwest squadron our business or google uh you know what somebody's willing to pay is going to be based I on think, our earnings. i think you're seeing like what we've been talking about though i mean american express you know the the wealthy consumer is doing really well uh consumer staples procter and gamble did really well uh, but then the Tesla, some of those higher end discretionary purchases, not maybe doing so well. Uh, but then, you know, tech is, of course, all that's going to matter. And we'll see over the next couple of weeks where, where those companies end up. So for a lot of you that are Josh's age or younger or haven't been in the market for a long time or haven't been paying attention to the economy for very long, the new normal is now the old normal. So what I mean by that is the things that matter, like valuation, Earnings, free cash flow, quality, uh, all of those things matter again. They've always mattered. Uh, but when you give money to people for free, like we saw in the late 90s or um, up until 2022, uh, th people thought those things didn't matter anymore. And we had this new normal and this paradigm shift and all this stuff that was just nonsense. So all of the things that have always mattered in the stock market and in business valuation 
matter again. And so you look at the stocks that are uh, doing well and the parts of the market that are doing relatively well. Uh, it's it's those companies that are, are high quality with actual free cash flow. All right. If you'd like to be part of the program, if you have a question or a comment, give us a call 877-670-7117. Or you can send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to tell you how you can be a top decile investor globally. So you definitely want to stick around for that. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Fencing? Want to save money? The fencing sale is going on now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. The right fence can protect what's yours from the rest of the world. Right now, you'll save big on everything you need to build and mend your fences at Coastal. Save 15% on all Powder River and Balin gates. Plus, save $50 on the 12-foot gray wire-filled gate from Balin. And right now, buy two, get one free on Key Men's Pants and Jeans. Key Jeans discount taken off equal or lesser value pants and jeans. Save money today during the fencing sale at Coastal. Shop Coastal in-store or online and check out the sales flyer at CoastalCountry.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. Serving Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. Join the Ben Chamber for What's Brewing, the evolution and impact of Ben's tourism industry powered by Miller Lumber and SunWest Builders. Ben has become a more popular visitor destination than ever. But what does that mean for our community? Well, explore the perceptions of Bendites regarding tourism and how that aligns with data about its impact on businesses and residents. What's Brewing, Wednesday, May 3rd at 5 p.m. at Tethero. Admission is $25 for members and $40 for non-members. Register today at bendchamber.org. Falling is one of the biggest risks to the health and well-being of older adults, as every year 36 million seniors suffer a fall. If you're concerned about falling, either for yourself or a loved one, here at Prestige Senior Living High Desert, we're holding free fall risk evaluations throughout the month of April. Our team will meet with you or a loved one and spend time going over risk factors that could exist for you to consider. To learn more, visit us online at prestigecare.com slash high desert. Again, that's prestigecare.com slash high desert. Are your investments going nowhere? Here's a tip that always pays big dividends. Invest in yourself, your talent, your smarts, your skills. Maybe it's time to make that investment and start a career in IT or upskill to boost your current career. At My Computer Career, you can bank on us. We'll help you get the right skills and the right certifications to start or advance your IT career. IT keeps growing, so go with the growth at My Computer Career. The right training, the right timing, the right career. Invest in you at mycomputercareer.edu. Start now. Attorney Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. You may no longer be a husband, but you'll always be a dad. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. For matters in Idaho, visit CordellCordell.com, 101 South Capitol Boulevard, Suite 500, Boise, Idaho, 83702. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, your asset allocation, your estate plan, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable dollars, call the office to get 
that appointment scheduled. The number here at our office is 800-743-0988, or you can send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, so the question is, can you have an official recession without a downturn in the labor market? So we know that the unemployment rate in the United States is the lowest it's been uh, since the 60s. Um, and so that's really the part of this that, you know, everybody's talking about a recession. It's really hard to imagine a recession with the labor market as tight as it is um, and with people getting paid and having money in their pockets. So, you know, we the big headline news earlier this year and late last year was the layoffs in the tech space. But, you know, they were tiny relative to the amount of hiring those companies have done over the last five years. And so uh, it, that's going to be the real thing is is. You know, we would we've never had an, a recession with the unemployment rate where it is today, and so that's why uh, I think a lot of people had predicted we probably would have been in a recession by now. But it's really the labor market, and the con you know, you, when you think about the U.S. economy, seventy percent of the U.S. economy is driven by the consumer, and if the consumer is employed gainfully, you know, that's a that's tough to have a. a you know, the spending is just shifting to different places. So we shall see uh, that every time I see that data point, I think, oh, yeah, that's that's going to be tough to have a recession with three and a half percent unemployment. Uh, and then I mentioned this in the first segment. The size of the commercial real estate market is eleven trillion dollars. Uh, Four and a half trillion in debt is outstanding at banks and that uh, small banks account for a third of all of the outstanding commercial real estate debt. So. Um, Oh, actually, small small banks account for seventy. Sorry, my bad. So, small banks account for seventy percent of the commercial real estate debt, and so that's probably the next shoe to drop. You know, you're as an investor is sort of looking for where the dead bodies lie, and you never really know who's swimming naked till the tide goes out. But I think uh, there are a lot of banks with a lot of commercial real estate loans on the books, and they've been feasting on that for a decade plus now. Uh, as easy money, but I think you know now that rates are higher and and there's Tons of vacancy, obviously, in commercial real estate because I guess COVID changed everything, even though it shouldn't have. Um, it, it, it's really that's probably these, some of these banks, especially on the West Coast, are really going to struggle uh, with that commercial com when we just see defaults in commercial real estate. Okay, so I mentioned in the teaser in the end of the last segment uh, we were going to tell you how to be a top decile investor. Decile is the top ten percent uh, of investors globally. Um, and the first thing you need to do is avoid the cost of being a human being. <laughs> <laughs> and what, the, what do we mean by that? Well, the problem is, is we're all emotional creatures. Even professional investors are emotional creatures. And our emotions, and oftentimes our emotions are our biggest enemy when it comes to investing. And it's investing in anything. And it's both on the upside and the downside. We, we take too much risk when things are good because of our emotions, that fear of missing out. And then we do stupid things uh, on the bottom. And so... Uh, investing is one of the few areas in our life where amateurs, all of you out there listening, can and should outperform professional investors. So I'm not going to go uh, to the LA, to the Staples Center in LA and be better than LeBron James. I know it. As much as I'd like to think it, I know I'm not going to be better. I know the, sh the Red Sox aren't going to call me to play shortstop. Uh, but in investing, you can be better than most professionals. Uh, and so we know that over the last few years, a lot of you out there have been doing some crazy things as it relates to the market, thinking you can beat the market, being very active, trading lots and buying things that you had no idea what they actually did or were. Uh, and, and you felt great for a while and then obviously you got your face ripped off. And so, Josh, why don't you uh, explain what I mean by most of the people listening to us right now can and should be better investors than so-called professionals? Well, you know, we're, all this is actually predicated on uh, a recent study from a couple of Pac-12 professors, actually, Arizona State and uh, Utah. But uh, what they did is they looked back at uh, individual fund performance relative to the total market and relative to the S&P. Actively market. managed funds. Yeah, un actively managed funds. Um, typical fund actually returned 7.7% annually over those three decades. And this also highlights another thing that we talk about a lot, and it's that Peter Lynch phenomenon where... Uh, you know, the average Peter Lynch was a fabulous active investor and he retired at the top of his game. But the average investor in his fund actually dramatically underperformed 
the performance of his fund. Well, so d- just to tell the data, he he managed the Fidelity Magellan Fund for 13 years. He averaged 23% annualized over that time. The average investor in his fund averaged just over 3%. And, and these Pac-12 professors looked, and over this last 30-year period, uh, the, that typical fund returned 7.7%, the active ma- actively managed mutual fund. Investors in the fund only did 6.9% annually. And the cost of being human that Tyler referenced before is it's our... Uh, it's unavoidable as a human to chase performance and then also try to get away from it. Your, you know, your reptile brain, of course, when markets are down, you're going to pull out and get out of it. And that's, of course, what people do with funds is they tend to chase the performance of funds that have done well. And this kind of harkens back to that whole Morningstar five-star rated fund phenomenon where a five-star rated fund, that rating comes retroactively. You know, the fund already did well, and then it gets the good rating, and then the money comes into the fund. And the money comes into the fund after the stocks in the fund have risen in value and are overvalued. (laughs) Precisely. And, of course, the bad rating comes after the fund's done poorly, which is, of course, the time when it's more likely to mean revert. And so that one-star fund is probably going to be a three-star fund more than likely in the next three or five years. Precisely when you should be buying it is when all of the fund, all of the money flows out. And that phenomenon is what plagues actively managed mutual fund investors is they get a ton of money after their fund's done well, and they lose a bunch of money after their fund's done poorly. So it's, uh, you know, being a professional money manager, uh, specifically a mutual fund manager, is tough uh, because you have all of these outflows precisely when you're going to do the best more than likely, and you have all these inflows precisely when you're going to do the worst more than likely. So the, so the drum roll and the, and the answer to, to the question, how to be a top decile investor, is to own the market through an index fund, right? So all of these professional money managers that have all of these resources and all of this time and all of this education are not beating the market for a lot of different reasons. One, fund flows, their fee. Uh, it's really hard to beat the market just even if you didn't have a fee. And so, you know, 97% of these professional managers over time aren't beating the market. Uh, and so if they're not going to beat it, why in the heck do you think you're going to? And so the answer is to own low-cost, high-quality index funds that are really tax-efficient, and you can be a top decile investor. The other reason that uh, active money management doesn't work, whether it's you trying to do it on your own or a professional, is that if you go back to 1926 and you look at the returns of the U.S. stock market from 1926 to 2016, 4.3% of the stocks in the U.S. stock market delivered all of the net gains in the market. 4% of the stocks delivered all of the gains. That's insane to think about. Uh, In fact, most stocks actually don't make money over their lifetime as a publicly traded company. So that, I mean, it's it's just, and again, all of this, we talk about this all the time. It's not our opinion. The data is irrefutable. You can't, no financial advisor, no insurance person, nobody out there can refute this data. It is overwhelming. And, and, and it's the reason, you know, we, if we did anything else, we would be liars. And, and, you know, that's what I think of people that do anything else. All right. Uh, if you would like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video in the middle and end of every month. Uh, go to our website, Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. Just let us know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list. When we come back, we were, we're going to tackle some of your email questions. So stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. FM 100.1 is News Talk 1110, KBND, Bend. At Kendall Mazda of Bend, we're a little spoiled. We get to see the aha moment of the Mazda difference all the time. It's the realization of a luxury driving experience at an affordable price. See for yourself. Test drive a new all-wheel drive Mazda CX-5 Select. Take it home with a great lease deal. Just $3.99 per month for 36 months with $18.29 cash or trade equity due at signing. 
If you need a little more room, drive home a new 2023 Mazda CX-9 Touring. Right now, you can save $4,500 off MSRP, and we have an entire truckload to choose from. Discover the difference in driving Mazda. Stop by Kendall Mazda event today. Kendall, let's start something great. Stock number W2678 and W2638. Customer must qualify for all rebates to receive final sale price. See lease disclosure posting at Kendall Mazda for complete leasing details. On approved credit, $0 security deposit based on 10,000 miles per year with 15 cent fee per mile over. Price does not include title registration tax or $150 admin fee. Subject to prior sales, CD for details. Offer expires 4 did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources, including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds, who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888-877-4894. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Plaza Travel Plaza, food, fuel, and fun. After a long day and you want to play, get your mind off of the road. Have a great meal, try your slot machines. Life's good on the plateau. Quick stop anytime. Pitch you everything under the sun. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Food, fuel, and fun? At the Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras, you get food, fuel, and fun all in one fabulous stop. After you fuel up with our low fuel prices, enjoy something fresh from our deli. Shop our store for local crafts and jewelry, travel essentials, electronics, and more. Then have some fun in our game room with 30 of the hottest slot machines and all the rewards you can handle. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Your project, our materials, the independently owned destination for your next outdoor project is Building Solutions in Bend. Stop in today and take advantage of our in-store Koga Home and Garden Show specials. Make your outdoor living space literally cooler with the all-new heat-mitigating Trax Transcend Lineage Decking and feel the maximum performance of Makita cordless tools and outdoor power equipment. Building Solutions, the quality, selection, and service you expect. Building Solutions in Bend and buildingsolutionsbend.com. Your project, our materials. The sunshine is here. Time to get to Eastside Gardens, where great things grow. Get your garden going, your flowers blooming, and your lawn healthy and green. At Eastside Gardens, you'll find a big selection of annuals and hanging baskets. Plus, all shrubs and perennials are buy four and get one free. Everything you need, find it at Eastside Gardens on Southeast 27th at Darnell. Open 9 to 5, 7 days a week. Look for the giant rooster and those in-store specials. Eastside Gardens, where great things grow. You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, call us if you have any questions or comments, 800, or sorry, 877-670-7117. So, uh, in 2023, obviously, uh, the tax or the uh, in the 2023 tax year, the contribution limits uh, and income limits changed for IRAs. So, the 2023 IRA contribution limit for a Roth or a traditional IRA is $6,500 if you are under age 50, and $7,500 if you are 50 years or older. So, make sure to take advantage of that whether you're contributing to a Roth or a traditional. Um, and the income limits for a Roth IRA uh, went higher. The, if you're a single filer and your adjusted gross income is under 138000 you can do a full contribution to your Roth. Um, 
And if you uh, income limits for a Roth IRA contribution for married couples filing jointly, if your adjusted gross income is under 218000 you can contribute to a Roth. So a lot of people don't know that uh, there are income limits to be able to contribute to a Roth um, or and then the the contributions limits went up. But the other thing I'd tell you is that if your income is uh, very high too and you're trying to make a deductible IRA contribution, so to a traditional IRA, um, once your income gets to a certain level, you lose deductibility uh, of, of that. So if you're a married couple filing uh, jointly, you have to make under 116000 to have a deductible IRA contribution. So uh, some things that you, 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 know, you can talk to your CPA about, but if you, a lot of people, you know, we have clients that their um, contributions are set up automatically. So they just take, um, you know, whatever the contribution limit is and divide it by 12 and they contribute that every month. Uh, so if you are one of those people that has it on automation, first of all, congratulations. We appreciate you doing that because it works. You just have to adjust it upwards because you can contribute more in 2023. All right. We, let's tackle some email questions. We got an email from, I know who this is, Vern. He just says V though. In Washington, I guess he's moved from Oregon to Washington. Uh, so he must listen to one of our podcasts. Is that how you listen to us these days? iTunes. Uh, I am retired in age 65. I will, re- I will be receiving an unexpected inheritance. Most of the portfolio is Roth, and I am blessed to have a pension that covers my living expenses. I plan to take Social Security when I reach age 70. After setting up a large emergency fund, what if... What if I think of my brokerage fund primarily for my beneficiaries? What do you think if it goes 100% with something like a world index fund? I realize that my brokerage fund could go down 60% if we got another 2008. Um, so I, I, I'm not following this very well, but essentially he's he, he's he, all of his living expenses are covered by his pension. Um, and then when he gets to, to Social Security, obviously have more income, and so he has investments specifically in a brokerage account um, that he it, think is questioning whether he should, he should invest them as if they were the beneficiary's money already. So, uh, Vern, we have uh, clients that actually do that. So I will tell you a quick story. Um, I was meeting with one of our uh, clients in their in her 90s, uh, and the kids came in. Uh, to review her accounts with her and I, and they said, this is odd, uh, Tyler. Why does she have so much stock exposure? And I uh, said, you're correct. For somebody 92 years old, this is a lot of stock exposure. Uh, but this client and I um, came to the conclusion a long time ago, over a decade ago, that uh, she wasn't going to need any of the money and she hasn't needed any of the money. Um, and her kids and grandkids are going to get it. It's a very sizable amount. And so she said, I would like you to invest it as if the money was already theirs, meaning have a a higher exposure to the equity markets. And, you know, their beneficiaries didn't like it, but I promised them all when they get the money, because they're going to have over a million dollars more as a group because of that decision (laughs) made between me and the client that they will like that. So if they, if we had done what the client wanted, or even what the beneficiaries wanted, um, they would have ended up getting a lot less money. Uh, And so um, Vern, you can absolutely do that. If you, um, the one thing I'd tell you is um, the only thing that most people have to consider is if you go into a long-term care facility, what's your solution? This money might be used for that. Uh, but, you know, over time, having a higher allocation equities has always proven to be uh, a good strategy. It's just, you know, make sure you have some money in fixed income. Um, if you if you do need to access that, you know, in the market down like it was in 2008, you have a place to go that's not down in value. But that is um, something that uh, we do have some clients that are in that position just like you. And, um, you know, just don't die if we have another 2008 and they'll be great. <laughs> but as Charlie Munger famously said, Tell me where I'm gonna die, and I just make sure I'll never go there. What do you? What? What's your take on the total world as a single whole? Oh right, I, I missed. Yeah, that was the other important thing. Um, I, I would say uh, I, that's not what we would do. Um, I, I, you know, in our case, if we were going to, if somebody was gonna give, say, I want a hundred percent allocation to equities, that wouldn't be our go-to fund. Uh, you know, if you want one fund, just the total market index or the SPY would be, uh, in our opinion, a better option. Um, I mean, we would build an asset allocation that includes 
you know, things like specific exposure to small cap and mid cap. Uh, but the world index fund would not be the one we would pick. If you just wanted one fund, it would either be the total market index at Vanguard or the SPY. Your take? Yeah, I just <laughs> – the total world is splits the difference between the underperformance of developed international and uh, the S and P five hundred. Well, you're not old enough to remember a time when well, developed no, I, international I, I, actually does well. I mean, I am uh, just from looking at the data, but it's <laughs> the the number of constituents is. It's also like there's nine thousand constituents in the total world index, and so it's like compartmentalize and get real exposure there. If you want developed international exposure, make a deliberate allocation to it. Uh, it's just, I think, a better option to – it's the same argument with VTI and just owning VTI and taking that 5% distribution rate and having run out of money in 18 years from the year 2000, whereas if you actually made deliberate exposure to other asset classes, you'd still have money. And so I think that holds true and why VT maybe – or like you know the total world index is not your solution. It's really simple, uh, but I, we wouldn't use it. Okay, uh, Cheryl in Primeville asks, after hearing you say Fidelity offers over 4% interest on cash reserved, I called to transfer my traditional IRA from TD Ameritrade when Fidelity explained that's a money market account and is not guaranteed not to lose money. I was a bit confused. Is this a safe investment for my cash? Uh, you know, you're certainly always taking a degree of intrinsic risk by owning a money market fund uh it's been 14 years since a money market fund broke the buck a la 2008 but i think that uh you know if you're comfortable with that you i don't know what's your take it's <laughs> <laughs> i look at that and say like you should know that there is inherently risk in money market mutual funds uh, well, there's the correct not... answer, which Fidelity gave her, and then there's the real-world answer, which is the one I guess I'll give. So, you know, I, I guess prior to 2008, I, I would have said there is zero risk to a money market. Uh, if you buy the right money market, there is – I believe that there is also zero risk if you want own a – Money market that just buys U.S. Treasuries. Is so. there ever a scenario where the Federal Reserve doesn't step in to bail out a money market fund that broke the buck, though? I guess I wouldn't want to be making the bet where I'm trying – if my safe money, I'm not going to make that bet. But it doesn't matter if you buy a money market that buys Treasuries. Yeah, so, I agree. So, you know, I mean, there's nothing – you know, even FDIC insurance, you have to question that. I, so I, I would just say that – Here's the way I look at it. I uh, have never had much money at banks. You know, I've used them sort of as operating accounts. Um, but, you know, they're, I don't want to give a bank a bunch of my money because then they just turn around and lend it out at a higher rate and that and make money off of my money. And so I would much rather invest my money and that even my safe money has always been in money markets, even 2008, 2009. You just have to own the right money markets, meaning the ones that buy U.S. Treasury paper, and not corporate paper and, or some of these other things. In full disclosure, like we actually use some of our company's cash reserves and invest them in uh, a money market fund that invests in treasuries. So, you know, I mean, Cheryl, I would tell you that that money market is – uh, as close to cash as you're going to get, uh, but yes, it does have a, a higher yield. You just, you know, every company has a lot of different money market funds. Just make sure you own one that is just treasuries if you're really worried about the safety. All right. Uh, if you would like to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you want to take us up on one of those, give our office a call. Number here is 800 743 0988 or send us an email by going to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com when we come back we're going to talk about an under-owned part of the market and that's mid-cap stocks so stick around get your free one-hour retirement review meet with a northwest quadrant wealth management investment advisor today for free it's our offer to you as a listener to the show give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review 800-743-0988 Again, 800-743-0988. 
Attention golfers, Sun River Resorts Meadows Golf Course is now open, and this is the best time to secure your Sun River Resort annual golf pass. Enjoy unlimited rounds of golf on both Meadows and Woodlands courses, plus receive unlimited golf cart usage, driving range access, and 20% off at Sun River Resort Lodge Dining Establishments, Sage Spring Spa, The Bike Barn, and more, all starting at $950. Call 541-593-3720 or visit sunriverresort.com slash golf today. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. The Bend Factory Stores have a superstar lineup of fitness partners ready to help you reach your goals. Starting with premium vitamins and supplements from GNC Live Well to keep your immunity strong and energy levels high. Fitness routines geared for your busy lifestyle using 45-minute high-intensity interval training at F45. Start building yourself into a fit adventurer ready to take on the Central Oregon outdoors this summer. Smart shoppers start at the Bend Factory Stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. Are you tired of cleaning your house, especially those bathrooms? Get your time and peace back with Cleaner Living Northwest. Call today to save $25 on your first cleaning and $10 off the next five cleanings. Visit cleanerliving.com to learn more. The stories no one else can bring you are here. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND. Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool. It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar. Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck. And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and my fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. I am part of said team at Northwest Quadrant. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there is Josh Spicoli Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. All of the, those of you We'll get the fast or uh, was it fast times fast times high. high reference yeah. that was Josh at Summit High School in the early 2000s. So this is interesting. A startling 78 percent of Americans surveyed by the Wall Street Journal said they don't feel confident that the life of their children's generation will be better than their own. That's the highest that it's ever been since they started taking that survey. Why are people feeling so negative about the future? Inflation, it appears, was the number one reason for angst. Uh, Two-thirds of the respondents said it was inflation, rising housing costs, rising health care costs, and wages not keeping up with uh, prices were all cited. Uh, and so you have to say, those are obviously valid concerns, and how do you get there? Well, it turns out that the same generation that is worried about their children's future chose to continually borrow from the future and spend more of that money today. A look at the federal government spending tells the story with an 185% increase over the last 20 years, far greater than the overall inflation rate of 60%. And so the generations that wor is worried about their kids is the generation that is screwing their kids over. Um, the policy 
of borrowing and spending combined with artificially low interest rates and money printing led to devaluation of the dollar, which in turn led to a massive boom in asset prices and more recently a surge in inflation. So you asked yourself, what is the solution, Mr. Simonis? And the solution is, guess what? Do the opposite. But who in Washington wants to do that? You can't get elected by taking things away from people. Uh, it obviously would be painful at first, but would pay dividends in the long run if we live within our means, reduce deficits, and let free markets dictate supply and demand, stop subsidizing industries and artificially boosting asset prices. You hear that, AOC? The future, I promise, will be bright. Think of America you know, back when we actually let markets dictate how things work and the government wasn't so involved in monetary policy. Uh, but – I just there is no, that is not a platform that will get anybody elected. I promise. If you <laughs> if you are going to take something away, you're not going to get elected. And so, we are headed towards socialism, everybody. Well, I think it also sort of speaks to that. You know that there's a certain segment of society that is levered to global business that is the most prosperous it's ever been. And then you, of course, have. Um, oh yeah! If you already vast... have money, if you live in Europe and you already have money, it's fat city. Well, but getting even, the money is you know, hard. If you work in certain industries in the United States and you're, you know, functionally a global citizen, versus you know, there's vast swaths of this country that literally can't compete and are being left behind by virtue of globalization. And it's a yeah, it's maintaining that cohesion is going to be tough. Well, but. but leveraging you know we're just mortgaging our kids future i mean that's all we're doing and and you know nobody i mean everybody kind of implicitly knows it but then nobody's willing to do anything about it there's no political aptitude for that all right let's talk about mid-cap stocks so josh first explain what in the heck is a mid-cap stock mid-cap stocks are you know depending on uh how you define it can be so many index providers will say it's as low as two billion in market cap, up to ten. Uh, some will say it's as low as five, up to twenty-five. So just to explain real quick, market cap is this, this total size of the business. So you take the number of shares outstanding times the share price, gives you the total value of that business. Burger King is a mid-cap, so that gives you perspective into what you know. These are businesses that you look at as being ubiquitous across the United States. Um, they're so ex every... some examples of mid-caps are United Rentals, PG&E, Kroger, Fastenal, Dollar Tree, DR Horton, Ulta Beauty. So most of you think of those as really big businesses, but you know, when you compare them to a Google or an Apple or an Amazon or Costco, they're really small relative to those businesses. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're ubiquitous across Main Street America, and uh, that is precisely why uh, mid-caps are a sweet spot. And they are dramatically underowned by investors. Many people maybe remember Elizabeth Banks uh, out there hawking mid-caps for State Street uh, a couple years ago because, uh, you know, evidence shows that especially retail investors don't have any exposure to mid-caps. And we can... Well, a specific exposure. They have it in some of their portfolios if they own an index. In but... terms of a weighted average relative to their portfolio, though, it's, it's really, really small. And uh, the reason that you want to own mid-caps from the perspective of a retiree or someone approaching retirement is because those are the types of businesses that actually bounce back the fastest post-recession. Uh, you go back and look at 2008, uh, the mid-cap index didn't experience anywhere near the drawdown of the total market, uh, and it bounced back significantly faster. So it sort of gives you this best of both worlds from a large and small cap as, uh, as com comparisons in terms of drawdowns and resiliency. And it also, you know, the mid-cap earnings are really resilient because when you really think about the companies that underlie a mid-cap index, uh, many of these businesses are the staples uh, of the world that, you know, Burger King being a prime example or O'Reilly's Auto Parts out there on 3rd Street and Bend or West 11th and Eugene. These are the businesses that are uh, utilized by con consumers regardless of the broader macro macroeconomic environment. So they also derive a lot, most of the revenue from the United States. So, you know, if the dollar goes back to being strong, these are businesses that will do better than the, the big multinationals that get a lot of their revenue from overseas. But so in the interest of full disclosure, the, the exposure, how we get our client uh, mid-cap exposure, uh, our client base, we use this, uh, the Vanguard mid-cap fund. Its symbol is V as in Victor O. It's an, it's an ETF, I should say. Um, 
so there are there are lots of ways to get exposure uh, to mid caps. So that's just how we go about getting it. Um, but like Josh said, when you think about as an investor, if if I'm going to own small cap stocks, so small cap would be three billion and under. Um, that market is really volatile. The performance of that market uh, over time it, it beats large caps by about two percent per year. So dramatic outperformance, but that outperformance comes with a lot of volatility. And so a lot of you approaching retirement or in retirement say, you know, I just don't want to add that much volatility. Maybe I'll shrink my small cap exposure, uh, but but I still want some of the growth. And so that's where you look, start to look at mid cap and you say, okay, mid cap stocks, um, it's it's a lot easier for, for a $5 billion uh, company to go to $10 billion than it is for a trillion dollar company to go to $2 trillion. And so just the, the law of large numbers in the large cap space make them more stable, right? These are businesses that have generally better balance sheets and can withstand recessions and those kind of things. So that's why the the anchor of your portfolio is almost always large cap stocks. Uh, but where some of the juice from a return standpoint can come from is lower down on the market cap spectrum. And so mid caps don't have the same volatility characteristics of small caps, meaning they're just not as volatile. And like Josh said, they're more resilient in recessionary times than small caps, uh, but their returns are similar to small caps uh, and that these are businesses that are growing faster. Um, and also, like Josh said, they're just names that you know. I mean, the names that I listed, United Rentals, PG&E, Kroger, you don't think of them as medium-sized companies. You think of them as large companies, but they are, in fact, when we think about the market in general and the publicly traded available businesses out there, they are still medium-sized businesses. So I know I know, a $10 billion company is large, but not compared to uh, $2, $2 trillion that is Apple, for example. And we, so, talk, we talk about them all the time, and we absolutely never see deliberate exposure to the asset class. And I think, you know, it's... What we see anecdotally is a totally in line with some of the research that's Yeah, there's out a good the... chance that none of you listening have any explicit mid-cap exposure. So if you want to take us up on a free retirement review and we can look at your portfolio and say if you have mid-cap, large-cap, whatever it is, uh, call our office to get one of those appointments scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about health savings accounts, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com.